Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Uh, obviously, game two tonight, quite the matchup between Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, among other matchups in this one. Joining us to talk about this series is ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Brian, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks a lot. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much, buddy. I got to ask you this. You're a national guy. What is your go-to place when you come to Phoenix, Arizona? What is the place you love to go to dinner at? Michael Wilbon's house. <laughs> <laughs> so you go hang out at Michael Wilbon's, okay. Like, yeah, no, there's a number of places in Scottsdale that I like to go. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is um, uh, I, you know, we, ESPN works me so hard. I don't, I mean, with, I don't have, I don't have time for like these uh, huge giant dinners. I, I, I wish I did, but um, there's a lot of, uh, terrific. Uh, I've actually discovered some great brunch places, none of which I can actually remember their names, um, but have been but have been sent some great places. Um, I've spent a lot of time here with my family. My family uh, loves coming to Arizona in the winter. Boy, that's a surprise. So um, last time I was in town for a Durant game that didn't happen because he sprained his ankle in warm-ups, <laughs> I um, oh, no. made it out to Goodyear to watch a Guardians game. So um, uh, I like to also play golf when I can, although never during the playoffs. I spend a lot of time playing golf and going to stuff like that as opposed to finding, you know, restaurants. Well, we're all going to Michael Wilbon's house for dinner if the Suns win the uh, the title this year. <laughs> um, there's a story by Brian Winhorst up on ESPN today. It's the lead story. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and the superstar NBA playoff battle we thought would never come. And, you know, I read this earlier today, Brian. It, it's, it's obviously it's a great story. It talks about a great matchup that you're right. We just never seem to see. Can you kind of go a little bit deeper into that for people that haven't read it yet? Well, listen, man. I know that game one is not going to have a great memory for Suns fans. So uh, I'm not expecting Suns fans to engage with that. But start of the fourth quarter, it's a tie game. And Kawhi is on KD and KD is guarding Kawhi. And they went back and forth at each other. Um, uh, Kawhi got a three-point play, getting drawing the foul on Durant. Durant went down, hit a shot. I believe it was a three-pointer over the, right over the top of Kawhi's hand. In fact, he hit two shots on Kawhi uh, in the fourth quarter. Not many shots that he hit, but he hit two. And then Kawhi came right back down and got to his spot and hit one of his patented 17-footers over Durant. Um, Torrey Craig ended up covering him most of the rest of the way. But, but just the idea that those two guys could go head-to-head like that at the end of a game, like I think we're going to see it more. I think this series, I don't know if it'll be defined by it, but it could, you know, that could really come down to it. And these are two guys who just have not played against each other much, you know. Um, and again, I, I'm not saying a Suns fan would even care about these matchups, but in 2017, you know, the, the Warriors and the Spurs both had 60-win teams. It was all year long. We talked about a battle royale in the conference finals. Kawhi sprains his ankle in game one on Zaza Pachulia and never materialized, never plays. You know, a few years ago, Raptors uh, Warriors finals uh, again match up again, and then obviously Durant Torres Achilles. They've only played one time until the other night. They'd only played each other one time since the 2019 finals. Wow! Um, a regular season game during the COVID season where there weren't any fans. I don't think around. So, like, just the idea of them going back and forth at each other is really 
super interesting from the from the basketball fan standpoint. I'm sure the Suns fans don't care whether it happens one more time as long as they can win, but it was fascinating to watch. Brian, what do you think the national perspective is on the Phoenix Suns? How do they view the Suns? When I get talked to, when I get asked about the Suns, which I spend a lot of time here, I mean, I had to file taxes in Arizona last week for my uh, <laughs> for last year because whatever the threshold is, I hit it from being here, uh, and I there's a good chance I might have to do it again in 23. Um, I I keep getting asked getting asked like on national shows like, is this a championship or bust this year for the Suns? And I just don't believe that it is. Uh, I believe there's a window with Durant and Booker. Uh, I also believe that this is just not going to be their best team because their um, their bench has just been hollowed out a little bit. And it's going to take, you know, um, a transaction cycle or two to have James Jones figure out a way to kind of re- rebuild it back up. Now, the new CBA really potentially could hit the Suns hard. You know, the irony of all these years where the Suns were considered, you know, paupers and not spenders, now they're spenders, but there's new rules in, and the Suns could be collateral damage because there's a whole bunch of new rules that have the Warriors and Clippers, and, you know, to a lesser extent, sort of like the Celtics, but the Warriors and Clippers are being hammered away with new rules that really punishes your team and uh, in, in your ability to make trades and add players when you're a big spender. And the Suns are going to be big spenders, you know, I, for the foreseeable future here. So that's going to be a challenge. But, you know, I don't believe this is championship or bust. I mean, they've got a really good team. They've got a shot at it, no doubt. But um, I think, you know, they're still learning a lot about each other as Sunday night showed. Talking to Brian Windhorst, uh, Brian, Russell Westbrook didn't have a great game one, but then all of a sudden he did have a great game one. And we played the clip yesterday of you saying that was one of the stranger playoff performances you've seen. Uh, What you saw from him in game one, do you think that is something we're going to have to deal with multiple times in this series? Well, you want him to keep shooting. Uh, You want him to shoot. I kind of feel like for every good thing that he did, he did two bad things. (laughs) Um, but that's a little bit simplistic. That's not really fair to him to say that um, because the, the Clippers had a defensive scheme that really caught the Suns off guard. That really shouldn't be a surprise. Tyron Liu is, um, you know, some people call him the Belichick of the NBA <sighs> because he always has these wrinkles and schemes and tricks, and they deployed some maneuvers on the Suns that definitely contributed to them starting flat. And some of it I do think was them not having played for a while, but some of it was he threw some stuff out there. Like I remember in Cleveland uh, one year he said he had a secret defense. Uh, the Cavs ranked 29th in, in defense during the regular season. And he said, don't worry, I've got a secret defense. <laughs> and the Cavs ended up in the finals. Now, they ended up in the finals because <laughs> LeBron, but he has these things. And so he put some lineups out there. And one of the things that he did was he really deployed Westbrook as like a bit of a, like a, a weak side pass rusher. Mm. He would sort of chase Durant down after Durant would get the ball and a couple of times like poke the ball out of his hand. 
And there's just not that many people who are that strong and fast and agile. And Westbrook is one of them. So when the Clippers say that that they don't care about Westbrook going three for 19 because he plays so hard and makes other things happen on defense, I don't think that's 100% true because I think that many of his misses led directly to Sun's points the other way. But I do think that there's some truth that you really kind of should ignore what Westbrook does shooting the ball because he is a, a weapon defensively. And the Suns are going to have to alter a few things in this game. And part of it is to deal with some of the stuff that Westbrook did on defense in game one. On that note right there, Brian, um, what do you think is going to be the fulcrum to tonight's game? What will be the tipping point? Well, first off, I expect the Suns to come out with a lot more aggression than they did. That's, mm-hmm. that's basic analysis. Uh, the team loses at home. They come out more. And obviously, you're going to see, I think, KD. KD let the game come to him a little bit on uh, on Sunday. Uh, that's not unheard of, especially when he's just still feeling this team out. I do not think that you will see that happen in this game. The other thing is the Suns seem to be very comfortable with running – Durant sort of is like the weak side option where they just would just have him stand on the corner or the wing and let Chris Paul be the ball handler or Devin Booker be the ball handler, get a screen and let the ball kind of flow out to Durant as opposed to making him the primary focus of a play. Well, that's fine because that sort of style was successful in the eight games that he well, he played because the teams were forced to collapse. Well, what happened was the Clippers were like, no, man, when Durant is out there on the wing, we're going to have Kawhi Leonard stand on his toes, not leave him, and be in between him and the ball at all times. And that's why the ball kept going to DeAndre Ayton because Chris Paul would come off of the screen and he'd look over to Durant or Booker, and those guys were were sealed off. And so he basically had to take the shot himself or go to DeAndre or Torrey Craig. And that's how you end up with Torrey Craig and DeAndre Ayton having more shots than Kevin Durant. So, I mean, I don't know exactly what the Suns are going to do, but my guess would be that they would change up their strategy and have more plays where Durant directly got the ball and then went to work that way as opposed to just sort of waiting for it to be delivered after the the, uh, defense collapsed. Mm -hmm. Brian, before we let you go, the the Suns have gotten caught up in officiating at times this year. That wasn't the case in Game 1, but Scott Foster is officiating the game tonight. So do you see that in any way impacting how this game is played? I mean, it it absolutely shouldn't. Um, I mean, I know that you can certainly find a highlight package where Chris and Scott have gotten into each other. But, like, Kevin Durant has won. I think I looked at the stats. I think Durant is 16-9 and with Scott Foster as his playoff uh, referee. (laughs) You know, it's not like – I mean, mean, it's just – it's a – it's a. I understand why it's interesting, and it's just a delicious topic. And, you know, Scott – uh, definitely has moments where he can be a little um, maybe more in the spotlight than you'd like an official to be. But um, it's very, very reductive. Um, that's not how playoff games are decided. Uh, and so it, it's interesting, and there'll be some, some certainly some potential paid on. It's a great topic for you guys between now and the start of the game, but this will not be decided by the officiating. There's a lot of stuff that happened out there. There's a lot of maneuvers going back and forth. Monty is under way more uh, pressure to deliver than Scott Foster tonight. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much, Thanks, Brian. Man. I, I don't know about Will Bond, but we love you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Brian.